Creating great content takes time and effort, and this podcast could not exist in the long run without great partners. This season's sponsor is Catalog. Catalog is a work hub we use every day at Modern Leaders, and I also personally recommend it to my network. It's basically your own digital headquarters, helping you and your team making high-quality decisions quickly and asynchronously, reducing the number of meetings and eliminating the chaos of modern-day work. Whether you're the COO, a product manager, or a marketing executive in a remote or hybrid team, you can find what you need, see who's working on what, and get updates on where things are at, without the endless streams of emails and pings coming from everywhere. It's all on Catalog in context. Sign up now at catalogwithaq.com. That's Q-A-T-A-L-O-G.com for a free 30-day trial for you and your team. Welcome to the Remote First Podcast, produced by Modern Leaders. Every other Tuesday, listen in to hear from large or innovative companies enabling an equitable and distributed workplace experience. Hey everyone, today I'm with Morgan Legg, Head of Organizational Change at Convert, to explore Holacracy as a management practice in remote team. Thank you for joining, Morgan. Hi, Daphne. Super glad to be here. It feels a little bit serendipitous. I'll just tell your listeners real brief that I met you initially, like way, 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 way back and in Mexico, and then I remember attending a really awesome remote event that you ran when you were at Human Made, which was absolutely phenomenal. And then we crossed paths again not too long ago at Running Remote. So I feel like this conversation is super important and really overdue. Yeah. And you're part of the people who were into remote work before it was cool, but it's always cool. Right. <laughs> right? It's always been cool. <laughs> it is. It's just the rest of the world is figuring it out now, you know? Yeah. I just so remember that time, like, I think it was, I think 2014, I think that I was in Mexico. Or yeah, 13 or 14 Nest- or something. Yeah. yeah. Nest co-working space. And then a lot of people there, you know, working from there, mostly from the US, actually. You know, we were going scuba diving in the morning and then working in the evening and afternoon and evening. And it was really amazing. It was just kind of the life <laughs> I really loved. <laughs> it was kind of like a, a nomad life in a way, you know? And now yeah. I think we're in this this structure of like, in this time of remote work. And it's just really cool to, to come back and, and kind of go back to our roots, you know? Yeah, a reason why we're doing it. For me, at least, it was kind of like a reason for me to go remote or to be into remote work first for flexibility, for what I really want to do and what I really like doing, which was travel and, and changing scenery and be creative. I felt really creative changing location. But now it's family. It's a bit uh, more settling down. But at the same time, we do travel like a lot with work. So it's really nice that we can do that. So, I mean, thank you so much for making that conversation happen also like you've been just evolving yourself you know as a as a professional in that like for so many years and you have like so much to share and I think that everybody that you're listening you're gonna really like this this conversation we're gonna have today um so just so we can basically like talk more about you know wh- where you work like what kind of if you can give more context about the kind of company, much more into like the kind of like the size of your company that you work for, like the way you work, you share a bit more about and about that. And that we can talk a bit more about your role as a head of organizational change. So 
Convert is a SaaS tool. Uh, we're an A-B testing tool, so personalization for, for websites. And Convert has been remote for since its inception 13 years ago. So talking about us being ahead of the curve, our co-founders were actually, I think they never met in person until they signed the papers for the, the creating the company. We had a brief period in which we were co-located before my time, actually in Playa del Carmen. And that was very short period and then back to being 100% remote. So Convert currently is just over 40 people in 13 time zones. And I am one, uh, one Canadian, but there are Two, there's someone else who lives in Toronto who who recently emigrated to to Canada, and yeah, we're we're basically spread all over the world. Our language of operation is English, and we work because we work through so many time zones. Our work is mostly asynchronous, and we have a very vibrant culture and a really unique, I think, a conscious DNA of a business, which you don't find much in SaaS, uh, well, never mind anywhere, but <laughs> you, especially, you know, in SaaS companies. So I'm really, really proud to, to be here in this role. When you say that it doesn't really like fit with SaaS companies, like what do you mean exactly there? Well, like, for example, we will refuse to do business with customers who don't align with our values. And we also have a goal of being 100%, oh, sorry, 100x carbon neutral. So mm. currently we are 10x and we are on the road to being uh, carbon 100x carbon neutral. So, you know, we have- but That's the, mean you did carbon neutral 100 times. We like, want to be 100 you, times. Wow. Yeah, okay. yeah. And, you know, we're currently 10, but it's, you know, it's a- a lot of these things that we do as a business, as a company, are to work towards that goal. So, you know, I mean, we could have a whole other conversation about mm -hmm. remote teams and culture, but, you know, that's just one facet of what informs our DNA. And more apropos to our conversation, a big part of our DNA is our organizational culture. And that is we're using a distributed authority culture organization operating system, which is Holacracy. Mm -hmm. And what that means in its simplest form is that the people closest to the work are making the decisions. It's full stop. Okay. That's what it is. So it's uh, definitely a, a unique place to be. And when I came on six years ago, I've been a convert for six years. I was initially tasked with implementing Holacracy at Convert by one of the co-founders. And it was serendipity, really, and accidental. I mean, I, I really tripped headfirst into the best career decision of my life. So I don't know which part of that you want to pick <laughs> apart, but... I mean, you say, like, it's kind of interesting because you say that, you know, kind of implementing that in a company, a completely new, different way of managing a company and also your title that is maybe not a title because of how the organization is but is organizational change so can you 
maybe explain a bit more, you know, what you do, what's your what's your role at at Convert today, maybe how it was before, but mostly related to organizational change and how it brings you to to Holacracy. Sure. So when I first started, I didn't know what Holacracy was. I my background, my my trained background is property management and construction project management. Wow. So, you know, running very high dollar value residential construction projects, running design teams, running contractors. And I, you know, started in that field from, you know, a basis in real estate and design. And I got contacted by Dennis because we had cross paths in Mexico where you and I had cross paths. And he wanted somebody who was able to take a point of view and to push back on him in order to implement these changes that he wanted to make. And so I basically went in and I read everything I could. I watched all the videos I could. I contacted people to find out like what this holacracy thing was and how to bootstrap it. We didn't pay any outside consultants or anything and went through and designed the organizational change that had to happen. We were a small team of five people, but it was definitely flat in terms of, you know, founders make, calling all the shots, making all the decisions. And the pivot point for our co-founder was, you know, one night he got this call or, you know, an email, someone asking to get approval to spend like $30 or something on a tool that they needed to complete their role. And he kind of stood back and I was like, what the hell am I doing this? Like, this is dumb. Like I hired people to know what to do and to do it. Why am I the roadblocker to my own company's success? So I came on board to do the implementation and I did that. And on that road, I also set up HR processes, operational processes, process improvements. And now six years later, I'm really focusing on onboarding new people into self-management, really strengthening our self-management practice. And I'm also an internal resource for our team, our growing team on all things Holacracy. I hold other roles as well. Mm -hmm. I hold roles in marketing, hold roles in sales and success. I hold roles in development. (laughs) I hold a lot of roles, but I still hold the internal role of Holacracy coach where I am coaching people to success in their roles, not by telling them what to do or how to do it, but how to self-manage to leverage their role to drive convert forward. Mm. It makes so much sense in in a remote company, knowing that, you know, everybody works in their own bubble, nobody around. People always say like, you know, people need to be autonomous in when they want to be a great remote workers. I'll let you explain yourself, you know, what's how do you find this having a great impact on remote work? I think it's made for remote work. I mean, Holacracy is, like I said, the people closest to the work making the decisions. So you essentially eliminate, you've eliminated those layers of hierarchy that we see in conventional companies. You're not asking for permission. As long as you have the domain to 
make changes on something. So a role has a domain. Like, let's say, for example, your role is the newsletter. You are free to use your budget and your common sense and also your management, self-management skills to drive that role to success. Let's say marketing has told you, oh, we want to increase our open rate in this newsletter. Okay, so how are you going to do that? You're going to experiment with it, but how you do that is up to you. And no one is going to tell you no unless you're stepping on their toes. It doesn't mean that you can't ask for advice, that you can't collaborate with people, that you can't delegate work. It doesn't mean any of those things. It just means that you are calling the shots on what the decisions need to be made and what work needs to be done and how it's prioritized. Do you think that works better if you're a smaller team than if you're a big team? If you were, like you said, you were 40 people at Convert? Yeah, but we're divided into four circles, which is essentially four teams. And there are much, much bigger companies that run holacracy, and essentially you're 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 split into teams. So it's I think it could work in and it does work in in very large companies. It's just I think it's really about a mindset shift, you know, and having ownership. And so I think when you talk about remote work and this idea of a work operating system, we need to look at what type of skills we're trying to highlight as remote workers. Well, we want people to be able to make and take decisions. Like that's super key when you're working independently. We want people to be able to be adaptable. We want people to manage their own motivation and self-management and by extension, self-organization. This is required you know, you cannot thrive in a self-organized company without mastering those and many other skills, but that's really, really key. So, you know, the things are explicit, right? So if you're talking about like decision-making, like we, we work, even though we're a multicultural team, we work in English, a lot of our communication is written. So being an excellent communicator and being able to get and move work forward when your teammate half the world away is, is sleeping is a really, really powerful thing, you know? And as you know, and as your listeners are learning, like excelling at asynchronous communication and working asynchronously is really, really the key. Like there's so many articles now, you know, about Zoom fatigue and all this kind of stuff. And this is like really real and really leaning to burnout, but that's not a failure of remote work. That's a failure of business management. You know, mm. we really need to be empowering people to not only make decisions, but think about what's really important, right? Is it sitting in front of Zoom and having FaceTime or is it actually having people get down and using their brains for work? Hey everyone, I'm your host, Daphne Laforet, founder of Modern Leaders, a consulting collective enabling you to walk the talk and scale your company for the remote first future. Our team comes from over a decade of distributed team leadership experience, where we work with organizations from 25 to 5,000 employees. And I am so excited to have put together this podcast to share with you everything that we've been learning over the years. 
This is the Remote First Podcast. There's also there's frustrations from teams where it comes to, okay, you say like, okay, let's be like, do self-management or a flat organization where we can be independent and work on our own and be able to do our own decisions. But people do need to work in teams and, you know, kind of come together often and collaborate and they depend on people. And then that's kind of the, the main frustration sometimes that we hear is that kind of difficulty to get aligned, to move things forward because we have like a lot of people working on the same project. We, we work in different time zones. How does that look like in a world of holacracy where it, do you have examples of how does it look like for a project maybe where there's like three people collaborating on the same project? And they are probably, they all have their own thing to do, but they still have to go back and forth. Maybe they have to discuss together to move yeah, forward. It's, I think it comes down to good documented practices if you're working as a company and as a team. So let's say you have three people in three different time zones. Okay, you need to have a kickoff meeting. Great someone's going to have to sacrifice some time. I mean, we're not magicians, right? We have someone who works in Thailand and we have people who work in the Philippines as well. And, you know, India and Sri Lanka. And, you know, yes, definitely they're working more into the evening, right? Because our team is more heavily skewed towards uh, Europe and North America. And so are our customers, to be frank, okay? But it's, if you have clear, if you're running a project and you have very, and I think that this is just good business sets across the board, but it, it's, it's a requirement of distributed authority just in, in holacracy or if you're a self-managed mm-hmm. organization, like it's required that you're absolutely explicit about who is not only running a project, but also has a role and has the authority to make decisions. So, you know, you might have a kickoff, meet a couple of meetings where you need to be synchronous, but by and large, you know, it could be me sending you a Loom video to explain, to walk through something. We're working on a collaborative tool in a document, in a mural, where delegating tasks as they need to be delegated to maybe even people outside of our project team, maybe even in our project team, we're from three different teams within the company, you know? And I think that's the explicitness of transparency, but also where the power lies. It's like, okay, so I know that Daphne is the one that's going to make the final call on the copy, Okay, so she's mm-hmm. asking for us to, you know, make a draft or whatever, but she has the power to do that. So whatever she decides to do is going to fly. And I can maybe say, hey, you know what, Daphne, like, I think that, you know, we should go with this type of voice. You know, I think this would go better, but ultimately it would be your call. So the other thing it does is it really separates your ego, right? It's like, mm-hmm. okay, I have given you my feedback and my opinion based on my roles and my experience. But then after that, my dog is no longer in that fight. You know, like I need to step back and say, okay, I said what I said and she didn't take any of my advice or opinions. Okay. No problem. You know, so you're separating your role and who you are as a, as Morgan with an ego and a, and a professional about what our work relationship looks like. 
right? So you very quickly also don't end up with meetings where you invite lots of people just because you need to check some boxes about politics or about, I'd say, veiled decision-making. You know, it's like, this person doesn't really need to be there, but, you know, I want to look good in front of them or I want them to feel important. That doesn't exist. It's a, it just sounds so good just to hear kind of, I never really heard the word allocracy myself, like before we discussed that topic together, mostly like for me, I was like flat organization, the like management practices in remote work and in asynchronous communication, like all of these methodology or practices are very new to a lot of people today in the workplace where they think remote, they're like, okay, we transferred to remote and now we are like having Zoom calls, we're using Slack every day, we still have our documents, but they don't really think about deep down, like how is your organization changing and how are you like kind of rethinking how you're collaborating and making work happen without having to be together, without having to always tune in in person and be async. People think async is just kind of a, you know, we don't answer at the same time, we're async. But what you're doing, I feel, is like really going deep down to like, okay, like, how are we working? What are we doing? Who's in charge? Who's the owner of mm-hmm. that task? Everything is mm-hmm. clear, mm-hmm. clarified. And then you're able to actually do great async if you actually exactly. know who's the owner and you're respecting that. And then everybody's kind of like able to move forward and work on their own thing without people sometimes wonder, how are you able to get things done mm-hmm. if you're never like having meetings? But it's like when things are very clear, you can move forward much easily. Mm-hmm. Like this is amazing to know that there's actually a word that can go on this. And <laughs> I feel like it really goes hand in hand with remote work and async. Yeah, it really does. And, you know, the interesting thing is I think that people confuse meetings with communication. Meetings are not communication. You know, by their very nature, they are a platform. So you can't have multiple people talking at once in a Zoom call. You can't have multiple people around a conference table all talking. It doesn't work, right? So that means that you're spending whatever the hourly rate is for each person to sit there and talk and to you know, let's say $100 an hour for six people, well, you just spent 600 bucks to do what? To listen to two people give an update. I can read an update. I don't need to sit through a meeting through that. I can ask questions asynchronously. And then what it does is it frees up a lot of time for you to be creative and think strategically and think critically about what you're delivering, you know? is this what I need to deliver in order to meet our quarterly goals? Or, you know, I would say that, you know, we've seen a lot of this meetings as communication, I think because in big companies, managers have realized they actually don't do anything. And I don't... Without I, meetings, they're like, what do I do? I don't well, have meetings. Well, that's it, you know, because they're not actually creating anything in terms of driving the work forward right? They're administrators. 
and or the orchestrators as well like it's kind of like sometimes like an orchestra and you have a lot of people working on a lot of different stuff and you need to bring people together to move things forward follow up with everyone okay so maybe it's, it's a project manager but that doesn't mean yeah. that they need to be sitting in meetings all day you know mm-hmm. so i think it's also the zoom fatigue is really laid bare about the role of managers in really deep hierarchies And it's not to say that they don't provide value. I'm sure that there are managers in big organizations that provide value. Um, (laughs) That sounded really mean. I'm sorry. If you're a manager out there listening to this, I would challenge you to think about what you're creating. Are you creating systems and propping up systems where people feel undervalued, micromanaged, and burnt out? because everything needs to be synchronous, because we're recreating the office online? Or are you as a manager looking at how to bring value and move your organization forward by thinking about other ways to manage output for your team? Mm -hmm. I do think that in remote teams, there is a big place for individual contributors. Like you work well when you're individual contributors, Mm -hmm. but you really do need to have like, yeah, orchestrators or people actually like following up on everything, like bring people together, like making sure that things are moving forward because it's really easy to everybody work in silos. There's the lack of communication. If things are not, there's, you know, someone like you or someone that is kind of like making sure that people do publish their stuff online and do like updates on stuff. You know, it's easy to, see the perfect setup where you have like people always updating their status, updating their projects, updating their documentation. You know, but, you know, it's, you kind of need to make sure that these things are happening. You have things, a place to go read and see what's absolutely going on in the company, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You have to document that. So I would say that the other thing that goes hand in hand with distributed authority or distributed organizations that practice like this is we have very, very high degrees of transparency. So mm-hmm. at Convert, for example, so we use Asana as a project management tool. By default, everything is open. Our knowledge base, our drive, everything is open. There's nothing gated or password protected or private unless it is used for finance or HR, and it's very, very specific to something that shouldn't be public to the team. As a Convert Mm. Core member, I have full transparency into our financials. I can look at our strategic finance where I can open up and I can look at any dashboard I want. We have radical transparency, and that is really, really key because it transparency begets transparency, Right then you have that transparency. I think you have the safety of it as well. So yes, it's is it safe enough to try? You do it and you're transparent about your successes as well as your shortcomings. But then you're also sharing transparently about your learnings too. And it becomes a really rich environment of people be able to learn from each other and to then understand how maybe they can apply some of those techniques to their own team or their own projects. So for us, we have to do our updates on the same time. We buy, we have the same due date across the company for everybody. You do an update for all your roles, all your projects. 
We use projects to drive our roles forward. We run meetings for each team. So for example, the smooth ops team or operations and probably the outside world. And we run a meeting once a week for talking about tactical things that are happening, get together and do that. But we don't use meetings for the type of communication that this... Like one too many, like here's my update or here's what I want. Yeah, and it's literally like the update, and it's interesting. So one of the things that Holacracy does is your update is any change from the previous update. That's it. Mm. So you're not rehashing what you did three weeks ago. I'm only telling you my change today from last week. And it could very well be, I say, oh, no update. I don't have an update. I didn't make any big strides. I spent four hours in this role dealing with, you know, settings on a tool and it was a complete disaster, but that didn't really contribute to any of your quarterly goals or anything like that. That's no update. And you can ask me in a meeting, hey, I saw you online like a lot last week, but you said no update. What's up going on? It allows that point of clarity, right? Mm -hmm. But it also means that you don't sit through meetings where people are just, you know, trying to justify their existence. <laughs> you know, I love we've that. all been in through that pain, you know, and it's like, okay, I am enough. I am valued. I am. Because the thing is that many people, you know, when you work remotely in the beginning, when you're, you're learning to work remote or to work independently, you're like, are people realizing like how much work I am doing or like, because sometimes maybe your project takes a longer time to have an actual outcome to be seen or an output to be seen and maybe you put a lot of effort but then if your work is not transparent then nobody can see the evolution of the work you're doing like things that are moving like it's it's normal i i've been there like you know at the beginning we're just like really trying to like every single piece of like oh this update there this change there this it's so much work been so busy you know but in the end it's like maybe the output is like taking a bit longer but it's um it's fine that I think it's very visible where when other people have been used to work in, in offices and, you know, oh, I saw, I saw her. She was so focused on her computer for right. five <laughs> days in a row. Like, oh, she's so working hard, but like, you don't see people remote. So without that as yet, people feel like they need to update and show every single piece of work they've done on their update. I, I, I think can see that. It comes from a lack of trust though, right? Mm -hmm. So our default at Convert is we default with trust. So I trust you because I hired you. I trust you that you are going to do the work and that you're going to deliver. Yeah. That's the bottom line. And I, I trust you that you're going to tell me if you're struggling and exactly, if you need help. Exactly. This is so important. It's very important. And I think that when companies have made this switch, they forgot about that part. You know, they forgot about that trust and that psychological safety that's involved, that's really needed. It's like, hey, you know what, guys, I'm struggling. And I actually told this to my team not too long. It was like a couple months ago. It was like right at the beginning of summer. And I know you can totally empathize. We have long, awful winters here and kind of lousy springs 
for your listeners, Stephanie and I are are from the same city. And so it's, it was like some beautiful day in like May or something. And I was sitting inside. I was like, oh my God, I do not want to be sitting here. Like, it's a gorgeous, I want to go outside. And I couldn't focus. I was like forcing myself. I just wrote in Slack. I was like, you know what? I'm out. Like, I'll come back tomorrow, but I can't focus. I'm not being productive. You know, I've done what I can do today. And that's good. The outdoors and is calling you my might name. Work yeah. And you might work another day, like super, like in the flow state for like six hours straight. And sometimes exactly. you just don't have the flow, you know. It, well, that's happens. it. So I think that that trust is super important. Oh, totally. And I feel like, I mean, from all the conversation we had, because we're kind of out of time, but there's just things I want to pinpoint. And you said, and I think that it really makes me feel like convert really kind of like does it right. You know, there's just a lot of things that <laughs> we try. You talked about. Yeah, I mean, it's just that it's interesting. It's like, it's important to work with clients that, you know, have are close to your culture. You want, you feel that this is important, that you, it follows your values. You work transparently in a flat organization where you have really like a distributed authority where everybody can have authority on their own work and be independent, which is really needed in a remote team as you're growing. It really helps that you're working asynchronously you're promoting working in the open, which is super important to be. I think we will can talk about this in another episode, but <laughs> a very good example of good remote work is when you follow companies that are working in open source, for example, and that you are recreating that kind of, you know, everything is out there. You can access everything. It's not, you don't have to ask anyone to do your work. You don't create blockers. So I feel there's a lot of things that people in the audience can learn from what you shared today. Thank you so much for joining us. And I hope it made a good wrap up what I said, but do you have anything else you want to add before we close this? I would just say that if you pine and, and for some of these things in your own company and some of these things resonate for you, I would say that you don't need to dream about working in a holacracy or a self-managed company. You can start with your team. You can model the behavior that you want to see be the change. You know, really think of the tenets of self-management. And if you're a manager or supervisor, empower your team, you know, and lead by example and experiment. You know, not everything's going to work the first time. It's not going to work for everyone. And, you know, we spend a lot of time at work. So make work work. Make work work. So important. Thank you for joining, Morgan. Where can we reach out to you if we have more questions about discussion today? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You can always reach me on LinkedIn. I'm always happy to add connections, to have conversations about any of the topics that we've talked about today. I believe that sharing knowledge is super important to making work work. Awesome. Thank you, Morgan. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Remote First. You can find all links and show notes in the episode description. And if you found value in this show, we'd love your rating on your listening app of choice. Thank you for being here. See you next time.